Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for September 26th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Extreme Rules, man, looking pretty tasty. Extreme Rules is looking mighty, mighty tasty, man. Triple H doing a great job, man. I can't remember the last time I was excited about Extreme Rules. I think the last time I was actually excited about Extreme Rules is when Brock Lesnar made his first return to the WWE, and he wrestled John Cena in the main event of Extreme Rules. I don't remember what year that was because I'm terrible with the years, but I remember the match being... Very exciting for me. I was excited that Lesnar was back that year, and then obviously we uh, all kind of changed our minds and our opinions on Brock Lesnar because WWE really just force-fed him down our throats. But Extreme Rules is looking really fucking good, man. Triple H is lining this show up with tremendous matches, matches that have story behind them, we're getting Extreme Rules 2012. Thank you guys for the reference. We're getting Extreme Rules. You know, Extreme Rules doesn't really need to stay basic. That's what, that, that's what Vince McMahon did, man. That's what Vince McMahon did. He kept it very basic. Oh, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do an ODQ match. We'll do an Extreme Rules match. <laughs> right? I can, I, can, I can imagine him sitting 
and creative with Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll do extreme rules matches, Vince. <laughs> ah, that's a great idea, Bruce. We'll do one extreme rules, and then we'll call the pay-per-view extreme rules. They never took their level of creativity to the next level. Meanwhile, Triple H, we have a fight pit match. We have a ladder match. We have an extreme rules match. We have an I quit match. I mean, this is the place to do extreme rules. All of the basic fundamentals as far as gimmick matches should be happening at extreme rules. Who would have thought? What a fucking concept. Doesn't take a fucking genius to figure that one out. Ah, we'll do extreme rules. We'll do a kendo stick match. We'll do a chairs match. This is what Vince McMahon would have given you. A strap match with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre. That's what we're getting as well. Every match has something that you could physically sink your teeth into. I love it. The build for Extreme Rules has been the best build for Extreme Rules in many, 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 many years. So once again, thank you to Paul Levesque for bringing logic back to WWE. It's great. Change. It's great to have change. Monday Night Raw tonight was a solid show. SmackDown has been better. SmackDown's just been a lot more digestible. I mean, the three hours still is long on Monday night. You feel it. You just get a sense of it. It's just too long. I, I, I think Triple H has done a great job on Monday night. Don't get me wrong. We've gotten wrestling. Men and women have gone out there and they've eaten chunks of TV time with 15 to 20 minute matches. It's not fucking overloaded with 10 matches that go four minutes each. It's great. If Triple H was in charge, legitimately, he'd have Monday Night Raw at two hours. SmackDown has been obviously the better show. Plus, it's also spearheaded by the best WWE storyline in the entire company right now. That is the bloodline with Sami Zayn and whatever the bloodline is doing. Sami Zayn has injected such great life and excitement into the bloodline. And everybody's wondering what's going on with him. He was on the show tonight against AJ Styles. We'll talk about Sami Zayn a little bit later on in the show. But... The big thing that came out of tonight's show, obviously we got Candice LeRae's main roster debut, WWE return. We got Dexter Loomis and another attack on The Miz. Edge comes back in Canada. He sets his match up first time ever against Finn Balor in an I Quit match, which should be tremendous. The big story is Bray Wyatt, the White Rabbit. We got week two of the teases. And I don't know how long WWE is going to be able to keep up with this. But WWE has done a, a great job with all of this viral marketing, with the QR codes and all of this stuff with the White Rabbit, the theme song, which I'm assuming cost a fucking pretty penny to go out there and license. Jefferson Airplane, the White Rabbit, Feed Your Head is the going line here for the White Rabbit and whoever this is going to be debuting or returning. It, it's great. The whole thing about it is great. It's so great that. The interest of the White Rabbit generated a a near 2.6 rating for SmackDown on Friday night. Now, a lot of that had to do with Braun Strowman and Otis, so I may have to ease up on the Braun Strowman dislike because obviously him being back in the company 
has generated its own type of buzz. And Triple H has done a fair job with Braun Strowman so far. I can't take that away from him. I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I'm not a big fan of Braun Strowman just because of the things that he said, not only to me in the past, but to generally the wrestling community. He's nothing more than a fucking asshole troll. But I got to give credit where credit is due. And what he did with Otis was the highest rated segment on SmackDown at a 2.7 on Friday night. The viral marketing has generated such interest in WWE. I'm going to be interested to see the ratings coming out of Monday Night Raw tomorrow to see what the rating is compared to SmackDown in terms of the viral marketing here for Bray Wyatt engaging people's interests with Monday Night Football opposing Monday Night Raw. Tonight was a big game. It was the Cowboys and the Giants. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But... As far as the Bray Wyatt stuff tonight, there was another QR code that flashed right on the screen during the Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio match. There was a QR code that was like attached to the commentary table as well. I did not catch that one live, but I did see the one during the Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins match right in the first hour of the show. And that's what I like about this, man. WWE is putting this viral QR code marketing into the show And they're asking you basically to pay better attention to what's going on. you got to pay attention to everything that's on these shows. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. But we got Twitter as plan B. We got Twitter as backup. So in case you miss it on the show, there's always some geek out there that's going to upload it to Twitter. So usually you guys catch, catch it within a couple of minutes of people seeing it live on Monday night or Friday night. WWE dropped this QR code tonight. Another QR code tonight during Monday Night Raw. This one included... Footage of some legendary names in wrestling, including John Cena, who had a lot to do with Bray Wyatt. Cody Rhodes, who had a lot to do with Bray Wyatt. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't get the correlation there. Randy Orton, obviously we know Randy Orton and his story with Bray Wyatt. Road Dog, Kurt Angle, Edge, The Undertaker, Papa Shango, I seen something about Doink the Clown or Dink the Clown, something in there. Those were the WWE legends that were shown in the QR code viral video. It was very TikTok style. The main message is the same as last week. The video asked, who killed the world? And then answers, you did. Feed your head. That's the message of these... Viral campaigns or the Jefferson Airplane White Rabbit song, Feed Your Head. The Feed Your Head message was there as well. You're going to see that all throughout all of these viral videos. There was also a hidden message within the source code of the video on WWE.com that said, no man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. Now, a lot of people picked up on a couple of things in regards to this. If you go and look at the source code of the website, it gives you that in the source code. And a lot of people were talking about those are lyrics to Aleister Black's WWE theme song. No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. I do the things you never could, and we won't ever be equal. I do the things that you never could, and we won't ever be equal. Those are lyrics 
to Malachi or Aleister Black's WWE theme song. Now, a lot of people also saw that there was a zip code in the viral campaign this week that led to Corbin, Kentucky. So we got a mixture of Malachi or Aleister Black's WWE theme song lyrics in the source code for the website. And we got a zip code to Corbin, Kentucky. Now, the zip code read 40701. That was in the White Rabbit video this week. That is the zip code for Corbin, Kentucky. I don't know when the last time WWE ran Corbin, Kentucky. I have no fucking clue. I seen something about Corbin. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's got to be Baron Corbin. It's got to be Baron Corbin. I don't know why anybody would be thinking it's Baron Corbin. But I did find one statistic online about Corbin, Kentucky. The Fiend defended the universal title in Corbin, Kentucky against The Miz in January of 2020. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with this. I don't know if that has anything to do with what we are seeing right now in regards to The Miz and what's going on with Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis could be a part of the Wyndham Six or the Wyatt Six or whatever the fuck is going on. We don't have any answers as far as why Dexter Loomis is doing what Dexter Loomis is doing to the Miz. Not one single fucking answer, not even a crumb about why he's attacking the Miz. What is his problem with the Miz? What did he do to the Miz? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So the Fiend defended the Universal title before he dropped it to Oldberg against the Miz in January of 2020. Now, the zip code of Corbin, Kentucky, 40701 in the White Rabbit video, there are other things about Corbin, Kentucky. Apparently, there is a Wyndham Corbin Hotel. Wyndham Hotels. It's a very well-known hotel franchise. Wyndham Hotels. The Wyndham Corbin Hotel. That's in Corbin, Kentucky. Wyndham. I don't know if that has anything to do with the play on words. I have no idea, but there's a Wyndham Corbin Hotel in Corbin, Kentucky. There was also in the URL link for the viral video today that we saw on Monday Night Raw, there was a code in the URL. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. There was a 930 YWG in the URL code, in the URL of the link to the video tonight. Now, 930, the number's 930, they obviously lead to SmackDown. So if you guys picked up on the URL to the website that gave us the viral White Rabbit video tonight, 930 was the number. Everybody's like, well, when's the next clue? Where's the date for the next clue? It was in the URL. Go check it out. 930. 930 is Friday. 930 is SmackDown. 930 will be Friday Night SmackDown and the next clue for the White Rabbit mystery. YWG, what is the significance on the letters in the URL? Apparently, YWG is the Winnipeg Airport. Now, clearly, they were in Canada tonight. That's where the show was tonight. It was Edmonton, Alberta, right? Canada. And I guess that's the nearest airport to get into the city. So, 
WWE has been very, very peculiar and very precise on the things that they're putting into these viral videos. I don't know how much of this is a collaborative effort. I don't know how much of this is the brainchild of Wyndham Rotunda. I have no idea. But it is becoming a real game. And it's becoming something that is, you know, really getting the fans excited about what's to come. So tonight, a lot of people were like, oh, shit, Baron Corbin. Or, oh, shit, it's Aleister Black's theme music. I'm here to tell you that, oh, SmackDown is in Winnipeg on Friday. That's right, I'm sorry. SmackDown is in Winnipeg on Friday. That is correct. There you go. Thank you to uh, NATO in the chat. There you go. I knew it had something to do with Canada. So, a lot of people were like, oh, shit, Corbin. Oh, shit, Malachi or Aleister Black's theme music is in the source code. The lyrics to the theme song are in the source code. It is not Baron Corbin, and it's not Aleister Black. Give me a fucking break with these ridiculous theories. How could it be Aleister Black? Aleister Black was just, quote-unquote, given his conditional release from All Elite Wrestling. If he showed up on WWE TV after the reasoning he gave Tony Khan as to why he wanted his conditional release, it would look fucking terrible on Aleister Black to return to WWE after all that was said and reported about him wanting to walk away and him to recalibrate his life. That would be a very bad look. Baron Corbin? Why would anybody want to associate Baron Corbin with Wyndham Rotunda? The only thing I could tell you guys is to stop and use common sense and stop and listen to people that are going to gather the news and the clues to give it to you like me and like other people in the community. Stop looking at the bullshit on Twitter. It has nothing to do with Aleister Black. It has nothing to do with Baron Corbin. Well, why, J.D., did they put that stuff in there? Because everybody is starting to piece shit together. The fans are so fucking hungry for this shit that they're jumping ahead of the actual people putting this shit together. Everybody's got the answers figured out before we get to the next fucking clue. So what is Triple H doing? Triple H is going to lead you down a different path and he's going to get the scent that you got to smell a little different. Obviously, all the rumors are out there. He knows the rumors. He's not fucking stupid. He knows the rumors of Aleister Black or Malachi Black reportedly wanting to come back to work for him. So he's going to put the lyrics in the source code. He knew people were going to find that shit out. And he's going to let people see that. And it's a way to deter you and get your mind off of Bray Wyatt. Oh shit, is Aleister Black really coming back to the WWE? Is this going to be a new gimmick for Aleister Black? Is he the White Rabbit? No. Now this is the same thing as people saying this was Killer Cross or Carrying Cross. No. Oh, well, he's the White Rabbit of Lucha Underground. I don't give a fuck. That's what they wanted you to say. That's what they wanted you to think. Of course. Corbin? Corbin, who the fuck lives in Corbin, Kentucky, man? What is the, the, the main form of entertainment in Corbin, Kentucky? Apple picking? What, what? Tipping cows? Give me a break. 
Corbin can, of course they want you to say, oh, Baron Corbin, we haven't seen him on fucking TV. Maybe it's Baron Corbin. Maybe Baron Corbin has something to do with Bray Wyatt. No. This shit is supposed to lead you away from what the actual fucking unveiling is going to be. They want you to think it's Cross. They want you to think it's Loomis. They want you to think it's Corbin. They want you to think it's Malachi. It's none of them. I'm not saying that Cross or Loomis can't have anything to do with Wyatt. Maybe they're all involved. Maybe Dexter Loomis is involved. Maybe Cross is involved in some way. I don't know. Maybe what Dexter Loomis is doing to The Miz is in regards to this Wyatt thing. I have no fucking clue. I don't know. Maybe we get the answer as to why he's doing what he's doing at Extreme Rules. I don't know. I wish I had answers to tell you, but I don't. But at the end of the day, this is nothing more than Triple H playing the game. He wants you to think it's those people. He wants to make it as unpredictable as possible. He wants to start putting roadblocks in front of you now because you're getting a little too, a little too, I would say, easygoing, a little too, you know, adventurous in your detective work. You're a little bit uh, out there as far as what you claim to know. He wants you to know that you don't know shit. These people are getting way ahead of themselves. I'm going to stop this while I can. I know I can. All the rumors out there about Malachi wanting to come back, yeah, we'll throw his lyrics in there and have people thinking it's Malachi. Simple. That's all it is. It's a game to Triple H. It's a game to Wyndham. What the superstars in this video mean, I have no idea. Some of them have to do with, uh, with, with Bray Wyatt. Some of them do not. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in Winnipeg on Friday on SmackDown, 930 on SmackDown. So we will see what happens there. But that is the latest on the QR code and the viral campaign that continues on WWE television. That's the big story. Candice LeRae debuted tonight. We'll talk about Candice LeRae. We got an Edge sighting. Edge returned tonight on Monday Night Raw to set up his match with Finn Balor Extreme Rules. And we got a great Extreme Rules card lined up, man. Shaping up to be a damn good pay-per-view. Really. We're going to go over all that. And I appreciate you guys stopping by tonight on Monday Night Raw. We got 2,800 in the venue this evening, as always. I appreciate you guys hanging out. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you. What do you think about the viral White Rabbit campaign? Who do you think it is? Who do you think is not a part of this White Rabbit campaign? Do you see Cross involved? Do you see Loomis involved with the lack of answers that we've been getting? Do you see Loomis involved? Scarlet? I don't know. I have no idea. Let me know. Super Chats are open. Also, we just hit 600 members on YouTube, man. 600 OTS VIPs. I would love to start the push towards 700. So if you guys have not hit the join button, I want you guys to do that right now. I just got my first glimpse at the seven new emotes coming for you guys and the two new badges coming for you guys. I got the first glimpse of what they're going to look like. They are even better than what you guys have access to right now. Unbelievable. So hit that join button. You guys are going to get so much that fun within the chat. It is awesome. 
So hit that join button, become a channel member on Off The Script. Also, when you do that, you guys get access to the VIP-only chats on Sundays when we go live for the flagship podcast on Off The Script. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down in the description below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content. We were live on Saturday afternoon with episode 445 because I had commitments to House of Glory on Saturday night. And I was away yesterday. Didn't get back till about 4 o'clock this afternoon. So if you missed any of the content, go and check all that stuff out on the homepage. And tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped wants to make you the MVP of your household. And you can't do that without the Performance Package 4.0, man. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free international shipping. That's Manscaped.com. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring Off the Script right here on the Monday Night's Raw post show. Let's start at the top, man. We got a lot to get into. So we're going to start off with Bailey and damage control. Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss all made their way out to the ring. We saw highlights of what happened last week where damage control attacked Belair and then Bailey trash talked her, saying that I want the match when I want it, and I want it at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship. Belair said she really considered going to the ring and challenging Bailey again to a fight tonight and not wait until Extreme Rules. She then said that she realized Bailey wouldn't come out there alone. She said Bailey would have faced Alexa alone or should have faced Alexa alone last week, but she won't fight her battles alone anymore. Belair said her girls will be making sure the fight at Extreme Rules is just between the two of them. So Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky walked out. Bailey said their battle isn't just about the two of them. She said it's bigger than that. She said Belair was groomed and handpicked and trained for her position. She said she liked them. She said people like them had to groom themselves and train themselves. She said she'd been wanting to do this since she was 12 years old. So she got in the ring, got in Belair's face and said that Belair has been chosen. Belair said no. She said nothing has been handed to her. She said she's been showing up and showing out while Bailey has been rehabbing. She said she won't downplay her accomplishments to meet her at a level she's comfortable with. Bailey then yelled that she was injured and didn't get hurt. She said she couldn't even walk for 10 months, but, or 10 months ago she couldn't walk, but she taught herself how to walk all over again. She said she pinned her at Clash of the Castle in that six person tag team match something no one else has done in 300 days. She said she was, yes, injured before that, and she told Belair to fall in line like everyone else. Belair then went on to say last time she checked, she was active when she main-evented WrestleMania. She said the last match she had, she KOD'd her on a ladder at Hell in a Cell. She said then she returned with Dakota and EO because she knew she couldn't face Bianca alone. So Bailey said that gave her a good idea. 
So Bailey comes out and says, why don't we wrestle in a ladder match at Extreme Rules? Belair said, well, consider the ante up. She then approached Sky and said, since I can't have you, I'm going to get Extreme with your girl, Io, tonight. So we got that segment, and it led into the Io and Bianca Belair match to open Monday Night Raw, where they were given a lot of time, and they got nearly 20 minutes to do what they needed to do in the middle of the ring. I don't know, and this even bled into the match with EO. Bailey and Dakota were on the outside. I don't know what it is. I really can't pinpoint it. You, you would think that with somebody like Bailey leading your group and the charisma that Bailey has and how great everybody knew how great Bailey was, saw how great Bailey was as a heel. She basically, with Sasha Banks and Asuka, led the WWE through the pandemic era while they were working out of the Performance Center, and they literally were the top act, Bailey and Sasha were, before Bailey got hurt, the top act that carried WWE on their shoulders through most of the pandemic era where, where there were no fans in attendance. They were, they were on both shows. They were tag team champions. They were on both shows. They were so fucking great at what they did. It was truly remarkable how much of the company they carried on their back. Asuka as well. I can't leave out Asuka because Asuka, when people were calling out and people couldn't come to work, Asuka was always there and always in that ring, giving every ounce of herself to get these shows on TV. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know what it is. Damage control is not doing it for me. They are not. With the level of talent in this group, it is said that there is such indifference, not only from the internet wrestling community, which is a very small vocal minority of the overall audience, but it's how WWE gauges the interest on their social media platforms. You know, they gauge all the comments, they see all the comments, the YouTube comments, the YouTube's likes and dislikes. They see that all. Damage control is not resonating with the online audience. And tonight, they weren't really resonating, and they haven't been resonating in most of the cities that they've been in since they debuted at SummerSlam together. They haven't been resonating in front of the live audiences either. And I don't know what it is. The only thing I could really pinpoint is the fact that people don't know Dakota Kai all that well. They don't know EO all that well. They're both great professional wrestlers. 
Bailey is tremendous in everything she does. Everybody knows who Bailey is. But I don't know if the fans are taking to them because they don't know or are not taking to them because they don't know who those two other women are or the fact that they are not believable as a stable. They won the tag team championships. And on Friday, we had Raquel Gonzalez, or Rodriguez, whatever the fuck her name is. Raquel Rodriguez beat Dakota Kai in two minutes. Not even two. It was 90 seconds. Not a good look for damage control. I get that you're trying to sell a war games potentially coming up with all of these women involved. But you cannot have your tag team champion go out there, one half of the tag team champions go out there and lose in 90 fucking seconds via a distraction because of what's happening on the outside. Then we get to tonight's match, and EO, the other half of the tag team champions in the women's division, Dakota Kai's partner, loses to Bianca Belair in 18 minutes. It wasn't 90 seconds, it was 18 minutes. But a loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if it went 90 seconds or fucking 90 minutes. It doesn't matter. A loss is a loss. There is something genuinely missing from damage control. Is it because the fans don't know two-thirds of the group? Or is it that the group is not believable and everything that they say and everything that they spew doesn't resonate to their win-loss record on TV and the crowd, the fans, automatically think that they're losers? Because all they've seen so far is them losing or them being treated like schmucks. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Something needs to change here. Maybe Bailey isn't feeling the heel role anymore. I don't know. Does she feel like the same heel to you guys as she, as she was before she got injured? I don't think it's really reached that level or anywhere close to that. Is it that? I don't know. I have no idea. But something needs to be done. And I said, well, let's wait till war games. Maybe when everybody sees them in war games and everybody sees, you know, damage control with whomever else they get on their team compete inside war games, maybe things would be a little bit different. Maybe damage control gets the victory in war games when it actually matters and there's a newfound respect for what Bailey, Dakota, and EO do. I don't know. But it's not getting over with me. And it's not getting over with the fucking fans in attendance and people on social media. Now, the other thing is, Bianca Belair is Raw Women's Champion. EO Sky is one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions. I asked, why is this match being booked? I said after this match was over, well, why do we have champions losing on television? Everybody, all of the dummies on social media, they wanted to try and get one over on me as if I don't know who the fucking champions are on Monday Night Raw. Before you engage with me on social media, please be aware that if you are wrong and blatantly wrong, I will blast you on social media with absolutely zero hesitation to make sure all of my 45,000 followers on Twitter call you a fucking idiot. I am not afraid to make you look like a fool. It actually brings me great entertainment on a Monday night. Everybody was like, oh, well, Bianca can't lose. What's the big deal? Ha, 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 ha. I'm sorry. Yes, I understand that Bianca is the Raw Women's Champion, but Io is also one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions, where her partner already lost on Friday, and now we're getting both losing singles matches in back-to-back shows Why the fuck are you booking the match to begin with? 
Nobody in that position should be losing. Bianca needs to look strong going into Extreme Rules. I'm sorry. Don't book the fucking match. If you are going to encounter a lose-lose situation, then don't book the fucking match. If there's no clear-cut winner where you could confidently say, yeah, she's going to win, and I have absolutely no hesitation, don't book the fucking match. I don't know if you know what I do here. Champions losing on television is one of my main pet peeves. You are never going to win an argument with me over that. It should never be a thing. On the rarest of occasions, does it make sense? And I don't even have a fucking example, a good one at that, to show you. No. Never. The fact that they look like losers... I don't think EO needs another loss or damage control needs another loss. Give me a fucking break. Now, as far as this match, it was slow to begin. It was slow to start. There was a lot of fan indifference. I don't know what it is about EO, Bianca. Listen, I think Bianca's fantastic. I do. But I don't think this, this babyface run is, is working for Bianca. I, I think it's growing stale. I think at some point we're going to need to turn her heel. And I honestly think that sooner rather than later is the best course of action for that. She is not believable as a babyface. In fact, at points and at times, she's downright cringe. She's not a believable babyface. You know, she wants to call herself the EST of WWE. But I don't see that emanating from her when she speaks. I don't see it in her attitude. I don't know what it is about her. But the babyface run, it's not even this babyface run. It's the last babyface run she had when she mentioned that she wrestled Bailey during her first title run. It's not working. It's not. A fine professional wrestler. I honestly think she's beginning to feel miscast. I think everybody in this shit is miscast. Bianca's miscast. There. Alexa Bliss. I don't know what the fuck she's doing out there. She is as useless as a fucking nickel. I don't know what Alexa Bliss is doing out there. Seriously, what is her position out there? What is she doing? She don't feel like she is important. Not at all. It's ridiculous. Dakota Kai, I don't know what it is. I just mentioned that before. I don't know what it is with damage control. And sound keeps dropping. Give me a second. That should fix the sound. I had, uh, I don't know what it is with this mix board. I had the plug uh, plugged into the wrong USB outlet. It should be fine now. It should be fine now. Don't worry about it. I don't know what it is as far as Bianca, Asuka, Alexa. I don't know what it is with Dakota. I don't know what it is with Bailey. I don't know what it is with Ia. I don't know. 
I'm hoping war games remedies all of this. I really do. So we get this match, and they had a great match. They had a fine match. So we got a commercial break right at the top, and Belair starts to make a comeback after EO was getting some heel heat on Bianca Belair. Belair landed a delay vertical suplex for a two-count. Sky started to make a comeback of her own, stood on Belair's braid. Graves uh, noticed that, you know, it's always people targeting Belair's braid, and it's not a problem. It's always legal. It's always a legal thing. So Belair fired back quick with some uh, offense. She did a handspring moonsault for a two. Fans were chanting, this is awesome. Sky escaped a KOD attempt, leapt off the top rope with a crossbody. Belair rolled through, lifted Sky, then delivered a fallaway slam for a two count. Belair blocked a EO Harun Karana. Belair climbed to the top rope after that, and Sky leapt up to meet her up there, arm dragged her off the top rope to the mat. She then landed running knees in the corner. Belair knocked her off the top rope to ringside. Bailey and Kai caught her. Belair leapt onto all three to the outside with a suicide dive. And Sky recovered enough to throw Belair into the ring. Belair countered Sky quickly upon entering the ring and landed the KOD for the one, two, three. And that was it. Good match. A good match that did not need to be booked. A good match. That left WWE created with their backs against the wall because you had two champions in this match, neither of which can lose. I don't know why we're booking this match. I don't. Belair can't lose because she's got a match coming up with Bayley. EO can't lose because she's also one half of the tag team champions. You can't be this reckless because the more you beat the champions, the less they are going to look like legit champions. Enough of this shit already. You know, I wish all of what Vince McMahon did in his time would stay there. This is one of those things that somehow has been adopted in the current WWE. Why are champions fucking losing? Why? If the tag team champions in the women's division weren't going to be taken as a serious fucking thing, then why did we bring them fucking back into the company if this is the way that they were going to be treated? 90 seconds on SmackDown, another loss here on Monday Night Raw. I don't really get it. It's a waste of my time, and it insults my intelligence. We need to do better. This is not it. This is not it for damage control. They look like fucking losers. And the fans are starting to pick up on that slowly but surely, and it's not resonating with the audience. We need to fix this immediately. Kevin Patrick interviewed Rey Mysterio backstage. He asked about his son, Dominic, begging him to hit him with the chair. Rey said Patrick is a father, so he knows what it's like to hold your baby and wants the best for them as they grow up. He said he'll always love his son and he won't, under any circumstances, fight him. He asked what happened to the kid he raised because he doesn't recognize the man He has become. He says he knows deep down inside that's not his son. Instead, it's Rhea Ripley influencing his mind. Ray says he's going to give his best against Seth Rollins tonight. He says he's had his fair share of battles with Seth, and he knows what a savage he is. He said he tried to hurt Riddle with the same chair Dominic wanted him to use. He said he will show mercy for his son, but he won't show any mercy 
for Seth Rollins. Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are basically incapable of having a bad match. They had another banger tonight. And again, I didn't mind it because it's playing into the bigger story of all of these individuals leading into Survivor Series. It's going to be great. Miz. We got the Miz live in Edmonton, Alberta, tonight for Monday Night Raw. But he did not come alone. They cut backstage to the Miz in front of a display of Edmonton Oilers jerseys. He talked to a group of security guys. He said he recruited for a single sole purpose. He says he was offering a prize package worth up to $1 million. A camera, or a cameo, I should say, in the spinoff of the Marine. And gift cards to major retail outlets, including popular department stores. Basically telling them that they dress like shit. And career advice from him that is up to worth or worth up to $1 million. He says he didn't want big, bulky, muscular, dumb security. He wanted smart and stealthy security. He says that's why he chose all of them. He said they are Ms. Force. He had them yell in military style, Ms. Force. And he told them to go find he who shall not be named and make sure he isn't in the arena tonight. So Miz looks happy. Miz looks happy. He found people are going to scour the arena and look for Dexter Loomis, who, according to the Miz, is the man who shall not be named. Clearly, that did not go as well as Miz wanted. Seth Rollins, he made his way to the ring, and he showed clips right before he cut a promo on everybody. Showed clips from last week of Rey Mysterio chasing Seth away as he was aiming to hit Riddle with the chair, followed by the big pull-apart brawl backstage between Rollins and Riddle that led to the fight pit match at Extreme Rules. Fans are big time into Seth. It's a great thing to see. That theme song has done wonders for Seth Rollins. He welcomed everybody to Monday Night Rollins. He says he is a visionary and a revolutionary. He talked about Riddle being a thorn in his side for months, but he says he's cost him for the final time. He says they'll finish things at Extreme Rules in two weeks in the fight pit match. So fans are continuing to sing his song in Canada. Seth is smiling. So the past week, he's heard the whispers and read the tweets, and no one thinks he stands a chance in the fight pit. He said he had to go home, take a look in the mirror, and realize that he is Seth freaking Rollins, who has been in every single type of match, you know, that anyone can imagine. And he's won them all. So Seth pointed at his head and says, I have something that Matt Riddle does not, that a lot of people do not have, and that is Einstein-level acumen when it comes for the fight game. He says he will be known as the king of the fight pit after Extreme Rules and basically, this is going to be, I, I'm assuming if this is going to be the main event or not at Extreme Rules. Because there is no major championship on the line. The Intercontinental Championship's not on the line. We have no Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. And I wonder if you guys have watched the fight pit in NXT. It's pretty, it's pretty you know, complicated to get that thing over the ring. So I don't know what they're going to do if it's not the main event because it'll take a, a, a decent amount of time to get that shit set up and then break that shit down in the middle of a show. 
So I'm assuming that Riddle and Rollins in the fight pit may actually end up being the main event for Extreme Rules. We will see what happens. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what WWE does with this on the main roster. And I know Triple H came out and said that, you know, they are not about blood on the main roster. Obviously, no matter what publication Triple H goes and speaks to or what podcast he goes on, newspaper, fucking talk show he's going to be on, they ask him about the current state of pro wrestling and they bring up that, oh, all the promotions have blood. Why don't we see blood in WWE? He's going to give you the PR answer. And he gave you the PR answer about times have changed. We don't need it, especially with you know COVID still being a thing. It's not a needed element in WWE. What we do is dangerous enough. We don't need to add another element of danger to what we do. If there's no blood in this match, just a little bit, I would be very disappointed because this is the type of match that is going to serve as a blow-off for a feud. I'm not saying you had to go out there and intentionally make each other bleed, but a little bit of color, a little bit of manufactured color would go a long way in selling this match and taking it to the next level. I would appreciate if blood is implemented in the right place at the right time. I can't see a fight pit without blood. I can't see an elimination chamber or a hell in a cell without blood. I can't see a war games without blood. I'm not talking about buckets of blood like we see fucking, you know, Tony Khan have his guys go out there and do on Wednesday night. Not talking about that. But I'm talking about just a little bit to take that element to the next level. I'm looking forward to it. So Rey Mysterio made his entrance and... I don't know if you guys picked up on it. Rollins was, you know, doing the eye motion because he was calling back to the eye for an eye match that they had all those, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, which was ridiculous. But we got Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Excellent match between these two. I honestly think that they are incapable of having a bad match. And this match continued the Rollins string of excellent matches in WWE, which is really making him the MVP of this brand. Now, it may be a tough sell as far as making Seth Rollins the MVP of WWE for all of Raw and SmackDown, but he's definitely going to be in contention. It'll be Rollins, it'll be Reigns, it'll be Sheamus, right? Guys like that. Rollins, to me, I've said this countless times now, and I mean every word that I say. Rollins is one of the most selfless individuals in the company, and has done everything that management has asked. So when Rollins is out there, and he continues to be a selfless individual, one has to wonder when he's going to get his flowers, and when he's going to get that moment to shine. It's a long time coming. And everything he does, and everything he has done, has been tremendous. So, this also went 18 minutes. The first match... Bianca and Io went almost 20 minutes. This went 18 minutes. So basically, these two matches took up. We got a promo segment to start the show. We got Bianca and Io. We got a promo with Rey Mysterio, and then Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. This basically took up the entire first hour. I find it funny when people want to claim to me, oh, Monday Night Raw, there's no change. There's no difference in Monday Night Raw. We got two matches that went nearly 20 fucking minutes to open the first hour of Monday Night Raw. What the fuck are you watching? Of course it's different. 
Triple H is building this show to fill the three hours with professional wrestling. If this was Vince McMahon, we would have got four matches in the first hour, and none of them would have went over three minutes. Change. It's got to be a great feeling to go out there and know what you do is fucking great, like Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, and have these guys go out there, and Triple H have the confidence that he's got these guys in the ring on his show to send these guys out there. It's got to be great for Rollins and Rey Mysterio to be sent out there to fucking wrestle. It's got to be a great feeling. So, Rollins, you know, I spoke about the blood. I don't know if this match necessarily needed blood, but Rollins got busted open hard way. He was bleeding from the forehead. I don't know from what, but he was bleeding a little bit in this match. So they showed a replay of Ray driving him face first into the steel steps. I guess that's what did it. Rollins was in control a little bit after that. Dominic, all of a sudden, entered with a steel chair, and he was cruising around the ring with this steel chair. Rollins obviously was cautious of him until Dom patted him on the back and said, no, no, I'm here for you. You know, I'm not here to hurt you or interfere in what you're doing. It's for this guy here pointing to his father. So Rollins attempted the three amigos, but Rey Mysterio countered the last one into a DDT. Ray also countered a Seth Rollins buckle bomb by sending Rollins into the turnbuckles with a Aaron Carano, which looked great. Follow with a seated senton, did Ray springboard cross body for two. So there was a out of camera position during this match. Somebody went for a pin. I don't know who it was supposed to be for. I don't know if it was Rollins or Rey Mysterio. Did a roll up from behind. It got a two count because the camera was out of position. Rollins hit a Falcon Arrow for a two count before Ray hit a sliding splash to the outside. Ray followed with another splash in the ring for two. There was a Dom is useless chant in attendance. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. He was watching from ringside with his steel chair. Dom is useless. So that was being chanted. They did a spot where Rey Mysterio avoided a powerbomb and brought Rollins down from the ropes with a Hurin Karana. We've seen this same spot in the Claudio Castagnoli match against Chris Jericho on Wednesday's Dynamite Grand Slam. Dominic again, once again, he tried to get involved. He wanted to, he was about to tease hitting Ray with the chair. He throws the chair at Rey Mysterio, and then he gets on his knees again like he did last week and said, hit me. I dare you to hit me with the steel chair. Rollins, at this point, was distracting the referee from not looking to the outside. All of a sudden, Rhea Ripley comes from behind and shoves Ray into the ring post. Dominic puts his hands on his father, rolls Ray back into the ring, where Rollins was waiting with a curb stomp. All of a sudden, he didn't go for the pin. Rollins went for a Peruvian necktie finishing move, and he made, he didn't really make Ray Mysterio tap out. He was already passed out, but he applied the submission hold and made Ray pass out with the Peruvian necktie submission hold, and that was it. Seth Rollins gets the victory over Ray Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio is being haunted by everybody. Seth Rollins, Judgment Day, everybody. He's got nobody. At the end of the day, Ray has nobody. He don't even have his own son. 
This is going to be a fantastic Survivor Series match. This is going to be a fantastic four-on-four Survivor Series match. You're going to have Rey Mysterio. You're going to have Matt Riddle. You're going to have Edge, right? You're going to have all these guys on the same team. All of these guys on the same team, and they're going to have, you know, I don't know who else is going to be. AJ Styles, right? AJ, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Matt Riddle. All of these guys are all involved with the Judgment Day. He got four guys involved with the Judgment Day. Matt Riddle's had his, you know, handfuls with the Judgment Day as well. He wrestled Damian Priest tonight. Four of those guys. And look at that superstar team. AJ, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Matt Riddle. That's a fucking great Survivor Series team. Going up against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Seth Rollins, and Dominic Mysterio. And that'll be the first time, the first tease that we get of Dominic and Ray being in the ring. Honestly, I think that's where it all should end. I think that for now, while we continue building to Survivor Series, that should be where the babyfaces get their victory. That'll be the big statement win for them. While we continue Ray and Dominic, and Ray continues to struggle getting his son back, that's a great Survivor Series match. I'm calling it right now. If it's not that, I'm going to be disappointed. Four on four. Book it. I thought what these two guys did tonight, Rollins and Rey Mysterio, was great. And I am, I'm thoroughly enjoying what is going on with all of these different little, you know, ins and outs of the story and AJ getting involved and Edge now being back and Rollins being involved and Riddle being involved. It's great. It shows direction. And it shows a sense of urgency to make you care about what these guys are going to be doing at Survivor Series. And it's building towards that, and I can't wait. Bobby Lashley, he was backstage. Speaking of Matt Riddle, he was backstage, and he approached the bro, Matt Riddle. Bobby Lashley came up from behind him, startled him. He was watching the match between Ray and Rollins on the TV. He wished Matt Riddle luck against Damian Priest. He said they both know how to fight in a cage, and Seth doesn't. Don't let him get out there and get this one. Riddle said, Seth isn't going anywhere. Lashley told Riddle he knows he just wanted to help last week, but don't ever interrupt one of my matches again. Riddle says he understood and took blame. Lashley then was appreciative that he apologized and then told Riddle to knock Seth's teeth out. Riddle said, damn straight, bro. Damn straight. I don't know where Bobby Lashley is going to fit into all this. I don't know what they're doing with Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series, but maybe they make it a five-on-five. Maybe. I don't know. That means Judgment Day has got to go out there and get somebody else. And I don't know who necessarily would fit on Judgment Day in that five-on-five match. Maybe we get Bobby Lashley versus Gunther champion versus champion in a dream match at Survivor Series. Intercontinental champion versus United States champion just to give the fans something to continue to raise Gunther's stock in the company. Again, I'm not big on that. I'm not big on the champion versus champion matches because it creates a predicament for WWE. Neither Bobby Lashley or Gunther can lose. I don't know if Triple H wants to put himself in that situation, but we will see. 
We will see. I don't think that's necessarily a good creative move by Triple H to do at this time. So, Kevin Owens. The other big thing tonight, Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano teaming up. First time in over a decade that they teamed up and they were walking backstage and they walked past a security guard who was knocked out on the floor. So they saw one of Miz's guards completely taken out of the picture. Alpha Academy versus Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens in a tag team match. This match also went over 10 minutes, 13 minutes to be exact. I thought this was great. And again, Kevin Owens continues to be a pure highlight on this show. I'm loving everything that the Alpha Academy is doing. I think Triple H has, you know, given Alpha Academy a lot more TV time. He's let Otis get over on his own. He's let Gable get over on his own. They've featured them in tag team matches. I want more out of Alpha Academy because I honestly think that, you know, it's a long time coming for them. They've shown you that they're able to do anything. They're able to wrestle out there. They're able to be a great tag team. They're able to wrestle solo individually. They're able to go out there and do the comedy. These guys are so multi-talented that no matter what you ask them to do, they're going to go out there and do it and fucking thrive. And I want more for the Alpha Academy. I hope that when this tag team division starts to really get a focus and we potentially get new tag team titles, which is the rumor right now, new titles are in production, and we get a division that is merged and we get tag teams from Raw appearing on SmackDown and SmackDown teams appearing on Raw, I hope the Alpha Academy is really in the mix for tag team titles. I do. I don't know when that's going to be because right now the titles are tied up on the Usos. And who knows when the Usos are going to find new opponents to defend those titles against. They just got through the Brawling Brutes. Who else is there? The Viking Raiders are hurt. I don't want to see Usos versus New Day again. Usos versus Hit Row, maybe. We need babyface teams. Teams that we haven't seen go up against the Usos. We've seen the Street Profits. We've seen the New Day. We've seen the Brawling Brutes. What other babyface teams are on WWE television that would make for a great match and as great challenges to just, you know, have the Usos run through. By the time we get to the Usos, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which you know is going to be a match, is Triple H saving this for WrestleMania? I mean, I would do it. That's the perfect fucking platform to do it. I don't want to see it happen at some fucking rinky-dink B-level pay-per-view like TLC. It's got to happen on a major show. But does Triple H have enough steam in this tag team division to really get the Usos from here to WrestleMania with enough competition in between? I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. But Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano against Alpha Academy. I could see Alpha Academy really factoring in, you know, when all is said and done into the tag team titles, whether it happens at the end of the year or when a babyface tag team gets those tag team titles like Owens and Zayn. I could see them factoring into being a challenger for Owens and Zayn when the time is right. This was a fun match. I love all four of these guys. Owens, Johnny Gargano was being beaten down. He got the uh, heel heat on him, which is great. Owens in Canada, obviously, he got the hot tag. He got the hot tag. He put Gable in a sharpshooter. Crowd popped for it. Uh, Obvious Bret Hart reference there by commentary. Otis broke this up. Gable. 
he kicked out of a swanton bomb by Owens and followed with a German suplex, which looked great. Gargano tagged in. Otis and Gable gave him a big elevated bulldog. Otis, all of a sudden, cleared the announce table on the outside. Owens super kicked him through the table with an, and put him through a table. Actually, not super kicked through the table, but he super kicked him, put him on top of the table, and then elbow dropped him through the table off the barricade. We got a holy shit chant. Austin Theory, all of a sudden, he shows up with the Money in the Bank briefcase, grabbed Gargano's leg, and this obviously led to a distraction which allowed Gable to hit a cliffhanger DDT for a near fall. Theory tried to attack Gargano with the briefcase, but uh, Gargano ducked and super kicked him in the face. Gargano gave Gable the one final beat, his DDT for the one, two, three, and that was it. Crowd loved Kevin Owens. Johnny Gargano got a decent reaction in Canada. They looked great as a tag team. Alpha Academy looked great. It's a fun match. Fun match. Kevin Owens continues to be one of the best things about Monday Night Raw. And Sami Zayn continues to be the best thing about SmackDown. And I said this on Twitter. Sami Zayn, who wrestled AJ Styles a little bit later in the show. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are the two best things in WWE right now. That's a long time coming, man. That is a long time coming for both guys. WWE shifted to the back where we got Austin Theory consoling or not really consoling, but kind of lashing out at Chad Gable and Otis for losing their match with Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano. Theory X Gable and Otis, what happened out there? He said he thought they were master of the Gable method of success. Gable said Otis hasn't been the same since throwing down with that moron, Braun Strowman, on SmackDown. Theory said he wished he knew that ahead of time, but he wants to get revenge. So Austin Theory's phone began to ring. Theory answered it, and he looked a little shocked. He pulls the phone away from his ear and told Gable, it's for you. So Austin Theory hands Gable his phone, and Braun was on the phone. Gable put it on speaker. Braun said next Monday he won't be laughing because the monster of all monsters is challenging him to a match in his hometown of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Theory said Otis, actually, before that, that way you don't have to fly his body back for the funeral. That was the part that got me LOL. So basically, Braun Strowman's going to bury his body in Minneapolis, and we don't have to fly his body anywhere because he's going to be in his hometown. Gable was scared. He then gave a very hesitated, uh, shush, please. And he looked petrified. Theory said Otis will face Gargano next week. He looked excited because Otis feels like he could take care of Gargano one, two, three. And then Theory says that will be Gargano's last match and the end of his very short and sad career. Otis was excited about that. So that's that. We got something that I don't know why was on the show. This is not really what I came to see here. We got two jobbers. Uh, I don't have their names. And they went up against the mighty old 
Omas on the show? Why is Omas on the show? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Why is he here? Why is he here? What is the purpose of this match? Yes, I get it. I get it. Omas knows how to beat indie jobbers up. I get it. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? When is someone in WWE, when is someone in WWE going to get the fucking picture and realize that Omas is just not working out? Omas has no value. Omas is not interesting. Nobody wants to see Omas. Omas has already hit his ceiling. Now with Braun Strowman back, Omas is basically obsolete. What are we doing with Omas that you can't do with Braun Strowman? What has Omas done that Braun Strowman hasn't already done? This is a waste of everybody's time. I don't even know if Omas is worth going back down to NXT. I don't even know if he's worth a WWE Performance Center stint and off Monday Night Raw. The guy is utterly fucking useless. Useless. Get him off TV. He serves absolutely zero. You're making, and this is what sucks, you could be doing so much more with MVP, and you got him strapped to Omos. And you're wasting the talents of MVP who could be managing somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody that the fans actually want to like and take a liking to. Nobody gives a shit about Omos. They have never given a shit about Omos. So what are we doing? Get him away from my TV. That's what I got. Is I may bring back the get off my TV shirts with Omos on it. Ridiculous. He won this match in one minute. After the match, Omos stacked both guys on the announce desk and stood over them and let out. <laughs> like he's some fucking, you know, Godzilla. Give me a break. That's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> Moving on. Dexter Loomis. We got our first Dexter Loomis sighting. Miz noticed all his security guards were knocked out and stacked backstage. One on top of the other. They were a big pile of bodies backstage. So Miz was obviously freaking out. He said his Miz force was supposed to be the best. Miz then got scared and said, he's here, he's here. He felt a presence. Dexter Loomis was standing behind him as if he was like a fucking Madame Tussauds uh, oil figure, right? One of those clay figures you see in the fucking museum of all the uh, celebrities. Standing behind the Miz in an Edmonton Oilers uniform, he had a helmet and a hockey stick. Dexter bashed Miz in the back with the hockey stick, broke the hockey stick over his back, Miz was writhing out in pain. He then sat down next to him on the floor, and then he applied his uh, submission hold, that sleeper hold, and he put the Miz to sleep. Miz passed out. He started petting the Miz's head, and that's the way the segment went off the air. 
I I don't understand this. I I I I don't understand Omas being on television. I also don't understand Dexter Loomis and the Miz. This is now what is this? Seven weeks now, seven weeks in a row that Dexter Loomis has been stalking the Miz. We see Dexter Loomis stalking the Miz in the arena. We see Dexter Loomis dressing up as security. We see Dexter Loomis dressing up as a hockey player. We see Dexter Loomis in the back of a limousine. We see Dexter Loomis in the back of a a rental car. We see Dexter Loomis in Miz's home. I I, I don't get it. What, What are we doing here? Seven weeks in a row, and we got absolutely no questions answered. Why is Dexter Loomis attacking The Miz? Why is he targeting The Miz? Why does he need and want The Miz? What the fuck did he do with The Miz? No answers, not even a fucking cookie crumb of an answer. Nothing. We have nothing to go on. We got zero, zilch, nada, nothing. What are we doing here? I like Dexter Loomis. I think Dexter Loomis is great. He was one of my favorite things about NXT before they fucking killed the brand and made him into a comedy character. I think he's great. I'm not a big fan of The Miz, but what I think he's doing here has been entertaining. He's been great in the role that they've given him. More of this, less in the ring. They got it right. Where's Tommaso Ciampa? Where did he disappear to? Where is Ciampa? Not one single mention or visual of Champa. What happened? I still want to think that Dexter Loomis and Tommaso Champa are in somehow cahoots with this entire thing. Is this a way to get Tommaso Champa away from the Miz and get them, you know, not to be a pairing anymore? And is he the one who continues to bring Dexter into the arenas? Is he the one that has Dexter Loomis getting access to the rental cars and being in the back of Miz's rental cars. Did Tommaso Ciampa get Dexter Loomis access to Miz's home? Miz has been quite friendly with Tommaso Ciampa. He's been very, very close and personal with Tommaso Ciampa. Does Ciampa have anything to do with Dexter Loomis? Or is Dexter Loomis a part of the whole Wyatt, White Rabbit mystery? We've gotten zero answers. Now, what I think is if this was Tommaso Ciampa, we would have gotten some fucking crumb of, a, of an answer here. We've got, we would have gotten something. But the fact that they're prolonging this makes you think that maybe Dexter Loomis is a part of the White Rabbit situation. Like I said before, it was back in January 2020 in Corbin, Kentucky, where Bray Wyatt last defended the Universal Championship against The Miz. Does that have anything to do with it? Does Wyatt have something to do with Dexter Loomis? Is Wyatt being controlled by a higher power? And I get some people like, oh, J.D., it's storytelling. You got to be patient. Patience is key. Patience is great. I have patience, but seven fucking weeks? Seven weeks? That's not good storytelling to me, man. I need something. You got to give me something that's going to grab people's interests. All they've done is repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again in different fucking scenes. Mrs. House, the back of a limousine, 
in an Edmonton Oilers jersey, in a fucking security uh, bodyguard outfit. It's the same shit. You got to give us something. They've given us nothing, and I honestly think people are getting a little impatient, and that's not good. That's not good at all. Candice LeRae. She made her WWE return, her main roster debut. Believe it or not, Candice LeRae has never been on the main roster. It's crazy to even think about. She went up against, uh, fucking shit. Uh, What is her name, man? I can't. Bro, what is her name? Listen, bro. Listen, bro. Come on. What is her name? Trash. Trash. Nikki Trash is her name. Uh, listen, bro. I'm sorry, man. I don't know why I can't remember it on a weekly basis, bro. What? Nikki Trash, right? Okay, I got it. I got it. Nikki Trash is her name. I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. I, I listen, man. Listen, I had a couple of drinks before Monday Night Raw, man. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, my my uh, my mind gets a little fugazi, okay? Nikki Trash. So we got Candice LeRae. She's going under the uh, Poison Pixie gimmick, same gimmick that she had in NXT. She was a heel as the Poison Pixie. Now she is a babyface on the main roster. So she went up against Nikki Trash. I got it, bro. Don't worry about it. I got it. It's in the notes now, man. I got it. Don't worry. Make me a Jack and Coke, bro. I'll be good. Uh, Nikki Trash. So this match went two minutes. And Candice LeRae, she looks fantastic. She looked great. She looked better than she did in NXT. So she comes back, and I'm like, whoa. Same thing that we got with Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano debuted in Toronto. Candice LeRae debuted in Edmonton, Alberta, both in Canada. Wow, look at Triple H, man. Long-term booking. Not really, but long-term booking, LTV, by Triple H. Nicely done. Now, the thing is, and I don't mean this as a, as a disrespectful nod to Candice LeRae, because we love Candice LeRae. We loved everything that Johnny and Candice did in NXT. We love them. Candice LeRae actually has one of the best matches in NXT history in NXT. It was against EO. I believe it was at a, a takeover. Nothing on the line. It was just a regular women's match. Got to go back and watch it. Now, I don't think they did Candice justice here. Honestly. Johnny Gargano, I get. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to Candice LeRae, but Candice LeRae did not get the same reaction that her husband, Johnny Gargano, got when he debuted in Toronto. She came back and was a very lukewarm, very soft reaction for Candice LeRae. I don't think the people really knew who she was. And I don't know if this is going to adversely affect Candice LeRae on the main roster. This, to me, feels like something that should have been planted in the show and vignettes should have aired for a couple of weeks at least to get people ready that she's coming back. I don't necessarily think a hard debut with no build 
and something that's going to create shock and discussion online was the right way to go about it. And again, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but let's be real. Candace is not Johnny, okay? And Candace LeRae has never made a main roster, you know, debut or wrestled on the main roster. And it's not really going to benefit her if the fans don't know who she is. Can she get the fans on her side? Yeah, she's fucking great. But this is something that I feel could have been a lot better with a little bit more anticipation of a vignette, a couple weeks of vignettes, a couple weeks of build, and then we get Candice LeRae joining the babyface side on the WWE Raw Women's Division. That's just me. Now this match went two minutes. Candice looked great. LeRae climbed the turnbuckle. Nikki knocked her off balance, started yelling at her. Uh, LeRae gave her a twisting neck breaker off the second rope. Basically, this was it for the win. Big spinning neck breaker off the second turnbuckle, and that was it for Nikki Trash. One, two, three, and that was it. In the corner, after the match was over, Nikki started taking her mask off, and she started crying in the corner. I thought she was going to get up and attack Candice LeRae. That did not happen. Candice is moving on to much bigger and better things than fucking Nikki Trash. But Nikki took off the mask and started crying. Now, this serves as another potential character change. We've seen people come and go. We've seen Ezekiel. Ezekiel got written off television. And the only thing that WWE now is waiting for is for Elias and the character behind Elias to grow his beard back. And then Elias is going to be back on television. No more Ezekiel. Ezekiel is done. We got Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn dropped the fucking ridiculous schoolboy looking. Let me, let me at him, Scoob. We, we dropped that. He's not chasing around fucking uh, Scooby. Reggie. Reggie. He's not chasing around fucking Scooby and Shaggy anymore in the Brawling Brutes. He's now Bruiserweight Butch. All we need is Bruiserweight Pete Dunn back on television. People have gotten their first names back. Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, and more others to get their first name back. Shotzi Blackheart, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo. Things are starting to change. It's also a reason why you haven't seen Dodrop. Uh, yes, I know. It's Dodrop. I call her Dodrop because I think it's fucking ridiculous. The, the reason why you haven't seen Dodrop on television is because I believe she's undergoing a character change as well, or a name change for herself. Now, with Nikki Cross, this is where I think we're going. I think we're going to shed this butterfly, bullshit, cartoon gimmick of Nikki Ash, this fucking fake superhero that people gave up on in three weeks. I'm still laughing at all the fucking check marks. Oh, well, if it's... uh. If it's Nikki Ash, she'll get it over. If it's anyone that can do it, it's Nikki Ash. You fucking break. How many of these people are the same people that said that now, wanting old, insane Nikki, NXT Nikki back? Probably every single fucking one of them. This is why most of the IWC are a bunch of blithering fucking hypocrite fucking cocksuckers. So don't believe anything that they say. They change their fucking tune as if it's fucking 92.3 K-Rock here in New York City. Uh, actually, no, they don't change any of the fucking songs. You listen to K- I don't even know if K-Rock's the little thing in fucking New York City. I don't listen to fucking radio. You listen to Sirius, man. They play the same fucking songs over and over again. All the same popular shit. They just go with the popular take, right? They, uh, they go with the tide. They never have an opinion of their own 
because it's not going to be in line with their narrative. So that's what they do. But if this gives us Nikki Cross back, this is great. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if Triple H is that ballsy. That would be some fucking statement, right? That would be some fucking statement if we get... Now, we've never seen that Nikki Cross on, on WWE main roster. She came up and they fucking killed that shit immediately. She was with Sanity, I believe, right? Just for a little bit. And then the, the group broke up and then all of a sudden she's having coffee with Alexa Bliss. But I think that would be fantastic. And it gives not only the women's division another solid act that could wrestle, but it's a character. And maybe it could be an extension of that old name. That Nikki never spoke. She was just like speaking in fucking, she was mumbling. She spoke in fucking, uh, I, I don't know. She spoke, she just spoke really just fucking bizarre. She never really said anything, right? But if it's a take on that character and it's a little bit more of a mature character, but she's still fucking crazy, I think that would be great. So we need that Nikki Cross back on television. So that was the big thing out of this match. Candice, I think that they could have done a little bit of a buildup for her debut. I I hope that she gets over because we're seeing what's happening with Dakota and EO. I don't want that same thing to happen to Candice LeRae. So we got Balor, Priest, Dominic, and Rhea Ripley backstage. And Kevin Patrick asked if he's, or if he'll be holding back a little against his one-time friend Riddle, Damian Priest, in the main event tonight. Ripley started laughing. She's also laughing at everybody thinking that Buddy Matthews is leaving AEW. Maybe he is. I don't know. I mean, that's the going rumor right now that Buddy Matthews is taking time off to go join WWE because he wants to be on the road with his girlfriend. Maybe that's the case. We'll talk about it tomorrow on an extra. Ripley starts laughing. Priest said no. He said the Judgment Day run Monday Night Raw, and all he sees is Riddle running. Uh, is uh, his brain into the clouds, as always. He's running his brain into the clouds. He said, Seth has Riddle so confused, he thinks he's back in the UFC. He said he's not a viper of a cage fighter anymore. He says he's not his friend anymore either. He said, like everyone else, Riddle will fall and Judgment Day will rise. And he started laughing and basically said, Judgment Day rules. I am looking forward to what they got going on with Survivor Series. I I wish there was a little bit more for Rhea Ripley to do, but I I don't know. I don't know what Rhea Ripley's status is in Judgment Day. Now, if she's back on television, you would think that she'd be clear to wrestle, right? I don't even think Rhea Ripley's clear to wrestle right now. I honestly think that WWE has her out there. Maybe she's still dealing with that tooth thing or that, that dental procedure she had done. I don't know what is going on with Rhea Ripley, but, man, she would be a force in the women's division. Right now, there really is nothing for Rhea Listen, the, the, if, if everybody is asking about why Rhea Ripley isn't in the women's division right now, the women's division doesn't need Rhea Ripley right now. Honestly, if Rhea, ask yourself this. If Rhea Ripley was in the women's division, what would she be doing? What would she be doing in the women's division? Wrestling Aaliyah? Wrestling Nikki Ash? Trash, right? Yeah, I got it, man. I got it. Yeah, where's my Jack and Coke, motherfucker? Rhea, Rhea Ripley and uh, Nikki Ash? No. Come on. Give me a break. You don't want to see that. Rhea Ripley is better than that. She's hanging out with the big boys, man. She's hanging out with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. 
She's hanging out with AJ Styles and Edge, right? She's got Dominic. Give me a break, man. What, what are you talking about? She's better where she is now than wrestling rinky-dink-nothing matches in a women's division right now that's taken up by eight fucking women, seven women right now, that are leading into a War Games match. Where exactly does she fit? She fits nowhere. So I'm going to need everybody to calm down. Rhea Ripley will get her time to shine in the women's division when War Games is over and when this entire Judgment Day Mysterio battle is over. Don't worry about it. She might not even be cleared, like I said before. Basically, they have her as the China of Judgment Day. And if there's anybody as good as Rhea Ripley, right, in that role, what better person to emulate Rhea Ripley after than China? It's great. I think that's awesome. So we got Sami Zayn. He went one-on-one against AJ Styles. Apparently, this match came about because of a uh, heated, intense back and forth on social media. Doesn't really describe why these two are wrestling on Monday Night Raw, but, you know, I've seen worse matches take place via a social media back and forth. And Sami Zayn is incredibly over, man. Sami Zayn is probably the best thing about WWE television. And Sami Zayn, it's a beautiful thing to see, man, because when Sami Zayn was a fucking blue-collar babyface in NXT, he was fucking tremendous. He had that Daniel Bryan soul in him, man. It's like Daniel Bryan's on the main roster. Who's going to be the next fucking Daniel Bryan, right? Sami Zayn was that guy. We all looked at Sami Zayn. He had fucking banger after banger after banger after banger with everybody in NXT. He had one of the greatest WWE matches of all time with Shinsuke Nakamura. One of the greatest NXT matches ever with Shinsuke Nakamura at TakeOver Dallas. Sami Zayn is coming very, very, very close to getting that type of babyface reaction like he got in NXT for the first time in his main roster run. And it's all because of what he is doing as the honorary oos in the, in the bloodline. This match was great. Triple H is giving you pro wrestling on a Monday night. If you don't appreciate that, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. We've had matches go 18 minutes, 20 minutes. We've had... Bianca and Io opened the show at 18 minutes. We had Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio go 20 minutes. We had Kevin Owens team with Johnny Gargano against Alpha Academy. They went 13 minutes. We had a one-minute Omos match. It went to waste everybody's time. And we got this match with Sami Zayn and AJ Styles. I mean, who the fuck doesn't like this shit? They went 20 minutes. This was great stuff. Sami Zayn is over. He was out there with Solo Sokoa. Styles was paying too much attention to Sokoa on the outside. Zayn nailed him with a boot and a Blue Thunder Bomb. I love that Blue Thunder Bomb, man. I really love that Blue Thunder Bomb. I really hope that Sami Zayn is in the bloodline. He gets a couple of Blue Thunder Bomb spots in War Games. I think it's one of the prettiest moves in all of WWE. So we got the Blue Thunder Bomb. Styles barely avoided getting counted out. Styles, small package, Sammy, back in the ring for a quick two. Styles landed a pay kick. And we get 
Styles setting up for a Styles Clash. Sammy slipped free. Sammy overhead suplex Styles into the corner. He followed with a Haluva kick setup. Styles rolled to the floor. Sammy rolled Styles back into the ring. AJ then surprised Sammy with a calf crusher. Sammy teased tapping. Uh, he got to the bottom rope, and Solo Sokoa was looking on, keeping a very close eye on that, and he was relieved that Sammy did not tap out, and he was relieved that Sammy got to the rope. So, Styles and Sammy battled up on the top rope. Solo yanked Styles down and then gave him a urinage, um on the apron. Sammy then took advantage of this, charged at Styles with a haluva kick for the one, two, three. Excellent TV match. I don't know why you would expect anything less from these two guys. And, you know, there is a lot of interference. There is a lot of interference on these shows. They are getting the job done as far as, you know, mostly getting us a winner and a loser. But we've seen Judgment Day interfere in matches. We've seen damage control interfere in matches. We've seen... You know, a lot of the bloodline, I don't think the bloodline can win a match without fucking interfering. You know, there's a lot of, there was interferences at the end of the show with Damian Priest and Matt Rill. It's it's a lot of interference. I get that they want to create story and they want to develop drama between the characters, but I mean, not every fucking match and every feud needs a goddamn interference. Seriously. It's a little, little overwhelming. This was a great match. Sami Zayn is incredibly over. He's going to be even more over when the bloodline eventually turn on him. I had some geeks arguing with me online about uh, Sami Zayn. Oh, he didn't win. He didn't need to win the match. <laughs> Sami's bulletproof because he's in the bloodline. AJ Styles needs to win more. People are ridiculous. This is the shit that I got to deal with on social media. And again, like I said before, I am not afraid to put you on blast. People legitimately are worried about AJ Styles because he needs to win more than Sami Zayn. The fuck does AJ Styles need a win for? AJ Styles has been off of WWE television for weeks now. He hasn't had a match since I don't know when the fuck he's last had a match against Dolph Ziggler, maybe. I don't even know when the fuck that was. He was teaming with Ziggler last time we saw him on Monday Night Raw. No, but AJ Styles needs the victory. The story is not about AJ getting the win. For everybody upset about AJ losing to Sami Zayn, it's not about AJ getting the victory. Sami Zayn in no way, shape, or form can lose a fucking match, period. Because if he loses, I'm not saying he's got to win every match. But he's not going to win a match, literally, after Friday when Roman Reigns officially himself named him Honorary Oos of the Bloodline. People legitimately in my fucking mentions wanting me to fucking retract the statement or blasting me because I said Sami Zayn is the best thing on TV. Oh, AJ Styles needs the victory. You want Sami Zayn to lose after Roman Reigns ordained him the Honorary Oos personally. It's not about AJ Styles. It's about Sami Zayn. Give me a fucking break with this shit. Use your fucking brains. This is why I fucking hate Twitter. If I didn't have this fuck this show, I would not be on Twitter. I would not be. There are so many brain-dead, inept fools on Twitter. Before you tweet me, use your fucking brains. AJ is going to get his revenge 
at Survivor Series. It's not about AJ Styles. AJ Styles is having a problem with the Judgment Day. That's it. AJ Styles may be a part of the fucking Survivor Series team with Judgment Day. You can put him on Team Kevin KO or Team Drew McIntyre against the Bloodline. You can do whatever you want. That's going to be his revenge. That is going to be his revenge, whether it's with the Bloodline or whether it's with the Judgment Day. I think it fits best with Judgment Day because he's feuding with Finn Balor, right? Edge, Mysterio, Riddle, and Styles against Damian Priest, right? Seth Rollins, and the rest of Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio. That's going to be their revenge. That's going to be AJ Styles' story there. No, but you want him to beat Sami Zayn and ruin the whole fucking bloodline dynamic with Sami Zayn just being named honorary use. Use your fucking brains, man. Use your brains. Styles, after the match was over, Judgment Day's music played. They all walked to the ring. Bella had a microphone, told Styles it pains him to see him this, this way. He says he can't help but think if he had accepted the offer to join Judgment Day, this match outcome would have been a lot different. He again offered Styles a chance to join Judgment Day. Styles stood up. He took a deep breath. He gave the idea or a thought to the idea that he was, you know, considering it. And then he raised his fingers to meet Balor's offer to hand gesture, and then he turned it into a middle finger. Judgment Day attacked Styles. Balor put a chair around his head. It was going to stop, stomp him. But then he stopped mid-stomp and kneeled down and said he could have ended Styles right then and there. He said he is his friend, though, and that's not what friends do. The Judgment Day raised their arms over Styles, and their music played. We go to commercial, and then we go right into Damian Priest versus Matt Riddle in the main event. Before we get to the main event, there was a little interesting back and forth backstage. Candice LeRae walked up to Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss, who congratulated her on her successful Raw debut. Bailey, Sky, and Kai interrupted this conversation. Bailey said compliments are just cowards in disguise. Candice said bullies are just cowards in disguise. Bailey said she sure is confident after one surprise win. Candice then challenged Dakota to a match. Bailey said they can do that next week. Why? So she can lose? Another match that should not be booked because the champions can't lose. Bailey said she'd see Belair at Extreme Rules in their ladder match. And Candice joined the baby face team. So now we got Bianca, Ia, uh, Bianca, Asuka, Alexa, and Candice versus Bailey, EO, Dakota, and one other woman. That's uh, to be named at a later date. I don't know who that's going to be. We may see more women. We don't have, you know, Survivor Series coming up as the next page. We got Extreme Rules, and then we got Crown Jewel. And Survivor Series is legitimately two months away. So there is more than enough time to add another woman to Team Bianca and two more women to Team Bailey and Damage Control. But right now, it looks like Candice LeRae is going to be the fourth woman in... War Games for Team Bianca. I don't know who else is going to be joining them. It could be Tegan Knox. I made a, you know, I said Raquel and Shotzi at first. 
because they have been feuding on the SmackDown side with damage control. And we've seen Raquel. Obviously, Raquel lost the tag team titles to Dakota and Io with Aaliyah, but now Raquel has Shotzi. And they've been feuding on SmackDown, or at least interfering. Shotzi's been helping Raquel in her matches against damage control. I thought it was going to be damage control on Team Bianca. Bianca, Asuka, Alexa, Raquel, and Shotzi against damage control and two other ladies, whoever they, they may be. Now we got Candice. Candice looks like she's joining this, this war, going into war games, and Candice has been a part of a war games before, so she's probably the only one outside of EO in this group and Dakota in this group to be in a war games. So I like that. Candace is just throwing her name into the hat. Now, who is going to be the other member of Team Bianca and who are going to be the ladies to join Bailey? We could see Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. You know, there is unfinished business there. You don't think Triple H is itching to get that fucking storyline closed up? They were both fucking fired. Tegan Knox was on the main roster, booked horrifically on the main roster. They pulled her out of NXT to put her in a fucking tag team with Shotzi Blackheart. They never had anything to do with each other in NXT as far as a tag team. Shotzi was teaming with Ember Moon. And now we had Tegan Knox on main roster with Shotzi, and then they ended up releasing Tegan Knox for absolutely no reason. Now, I read a report that Tegan Knox is still looking for a work visa here in the States, but that may be a cover-up because WWE doesn't want anybody to really think that she's coming on in, and they want to save it for a surprise. We could see Tegan Knox join Team Bianca, I honestly think that she's on the radar to come back and join WWE. It could be it could be Sasha, it could be Naomi. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to fit and when they're going to make their fucking return, but honestly, Tegan and Candice joining Team Bianca would be great. Now, the other two ladies to join Bailey, I said JC Jane and Gigi Dolan of De- of uh, uh, Toxic Attraction joining joining Damage Control. Because they're about to get called up. I had a report uh, on Tuesday on NXT and again on Saturday when I did off the script that WWE is about to imminently call up Toxic Attraction, two-thirds at least of Toxic Attraction. And Bailey is a huge fan of both Gigi and JC Jane. So I don't know if they're going to be the two ladies to join Damage Control or it's going to be Sasha and Naomi I could see a case for Sasha and Naomi as well. I mean, Sasha and Bailey, that's obvious for everybody. I don't need to explain to you why they would team up. But, I mean, just as far as firsts, right? Bianca and Sasha have history. Bianca and Bailey have history. And Sasha and Bailey are best friends. They are the leaders of the women's revolution. First time ever, right? That's a first time ever on the main roster for war games for the ladies. First time ever, period. But for the ladies, it'd be great to have those two in there in the first ever War Games match on the main roster. I could see that being a possibility. I'd love to see Sasha and Naomi go heel. I think if they come back as babyfaces, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get old quick. But I could see that. Or I could see Shayna and Ronda. I could see Shayna and Ronda teaming up and Damage Control really befriending them and getting them on Team Damage Control. And we have Shayna and Ronda on team dad. Now, the other the other the other lady, the other woman in this thing that I could see is not Tegan Knox. It could be Becky Lynch for all we know. I don't know when Becky's due to come back. I don't know how many months she was 
due to be out. I heard it was just going to be a couple of months. I don't even know what the fucking problem is with Becky Lynch. But I could see Becky Lynch being on team uh, Bianca. And then I could really see Damage Control enlist Shayna and Ronda. And we get that little early preview of Becky and Ronda before we get them at WrestleMania. There's a, 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 a ton of different ways that WWE could go about this. Becky obviously would make sense for Shayna and Ronda to be on damage control. Tegan Knox, I could see that being the case. And then maybe we do Toxic Attraction. We could do Sasha and Naomi. It's, it's a possibility. There are, I'm giving you all variables here. I don't want to leave Becky Lynch out because she's definitely a dark horse in this thing. She could definitely be a part of that, and she should be more than ready to come back. Because I didn't think it was going to be a long out or a long time for her to be out with injury anyway. So we'll see what happens. As long as it's not Charlotte. I don't, I don't want to see Charlotte in war games. Matt Riddle. He went one-on-one with Damian Priest. This was the main event of the show. Had a good match. I'm enjoying Judgment Day. They went 20 minutes. They went almost 20 minutes here. Riddle hit Balor with a punt kick. That allowed Priest to slam him on the edge of the barricade with a Falcon's arrow. That looked like it fucking sucked. That looked like it sucked. That was great. Riddle made a comeback. And that included a springboard dive, a knee strike. He went for a cover, got a two-count. Priest shoved him off the top, and Riddle landed on the barricade. Priest shoved him into the barricade again, and uh, Riddle started to fight back. He eventually hit an avalanche fisherman suplex in the ring for two. They went back and forth with some counters. Riddle connected with a bro Derek for a near fall. Riddle went to the top, but Rhea Ripley distracted him long enough for Priest to hit a clothesline and a flatliner for two. Priest went for a springboard kick, but Riddle caught him in midair with a knee strike. Riddle got distracted again, this time by Finn. However, Riddle managed to catch Priest in a small package, and he got the victory over Damian Priest in the main event. Judgment Day beat down Riddle post-match. They put the boots to him. And Edge comes out to make the save. He makes the save here. He got a big reaction from the Edmonton, Alberta crowd. Edge gets in the ring. He spears everybody. He takes the microphone, says to Judgment Day, as they gather around ringside, you know, they keep trying to finish me. You guys keep trying to finish me, but I keep coming back. He said, if it takes another nine years, I will still come back and get my revenge. And then he threw out the challenge to Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. First time ever, Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. I thought I, I thought this was very good. Extreme Rules is shaping up quite nicely. Uh, we got Finn and Edge taking place at Extreme Rules, which only makes the card stronger than it already is. Riddle and Rollins being a part of this with Styles is really good stuff. They're tying in all these stories and... They're tying in all these characters to Judgment Day and really making them feel like a legitimate threat on Monday Night Raw, which I did not even think was a possibility under Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. Seriously. Edge is not losing at Extreme Rules either. Finn Balor is not beating Edge. Judgment Day will get their revenge at some point, leading into Survivor Series, and then the babyfaces will win. That's my prediction. I think the babyfaces will win and I think Judgment Day will be uh, served, their judgment, at Survivor Series. And 
We will move on to Ray and Dominic, and that story continuing. While everybody else hopefully moves on to something new and something fresh. But I think this has been great. The stories in WWE have been very noticeable. The stories in WWE have been very good. They haven't been this good in quite some time. Obviously led by the bloodline on SmackDown. That's leading the entire WWE charge right now, and that's great. Obviously, you got the Judgment Day storyline with Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Rey looking for his son, Rhea Ripley manipulating the young Dominic. We got Brawling Brutes and Imperium. We got the ladies on Monday Night Raw, Bailey and Bianca, setting their teams up for war games. Kevin Owens and what he's doing, right? There's, there's multiple stories to get you invested. I'm loving what's going on, right? There's a lot to sink your teeth into. There's a lot to like here. I appreciate you guys stopping by tonight, man. You guys were awesome. I don't have a thousand likes yet. There's a problem with that. There's only 924 likes. I need a thousand minimum. You guys should already know the rules around here, man. A thousand likes minimum on the post show. Get them on in. Super chats are open. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages right now. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com. Use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for your 20% off and free international shipping. I know you guys are going to find something to like on Manscaped's website, man. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% 20% off on free shipping. I appreciate you guys checking them out. Let's get into the Super Chats, man. Tony Brown. For the 499 Super Chat. He says, Booty Buffet. It was definitely a Booty Buffet tonight, man. We got EO. We got Bianca. We got Bailey. Right? It's a lot to like there, bro. A lot to like there. Joseph Taylor with a $7 Super Chat. I laughed when Bianca said she wasn't handed anything. And I don't like Bianca. I think she's overrated. I wouldn't say I don't like Bianca. I just don't think Bianca is really hitting what she needs to as a babyface. I think she's a better heel. She was a better heel. I know she was a better heel because we've seen it in NXT. And she has yet to achieve that on the main roster. JC720 with a $10 super chat. Hey, JD, split Monday between Raw and football. I was entertained by the wrestling tonight. Edge and Finn at Extreme Rules. Definitely never saw that. Sammy winning a match. This bloodline story is gold. Sami Zayn and the Bloodline story right now is the best thing in all WWE in a very long time. Marquise with a 13-month membership. I appreciate you, brother. Yo, JD, hope all is well with you, my friend. But why can't we just enjoy wrestling as a whole as fans? It's sad that it comes down to this, bro. Shaking my... What are you talking about, bro? What exactly are you talking about, man? 
Get off Twitter, Marquise. Get off Twitter. It's nothing but a fucking cesspool of retards. Riddick's Classic Arcade with a 24-month membership. Oh, my goodness. He just achieved the golden microphone. This White Rabbit stuff is wild. I'm having fun with it. Riddick's, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you, man. Gary, the new man, with a 10-month VIP recommitment. I got a bad feeling we got an Omos versus Braun Strowman match coming. I, I hope to God not, man. You know what? Braun, Braun is decent enough that he, may, he might actually make it somewhat entertaining. But Omos is so fucking ice cold, man. I, I, I don't care. I really don't. Vincent O'Connell with a $2 super chat. 12-6-19. Bray wanted to play with Miz. Bray with Loomis. I can see that. Listen. It needs... It, it, it needs to be that Loomis is aligned with Bray in some way. And I could see him aligned. You know, Loomis... The thing with Loomis is... If you're going to allow him to have this stalker-like story, it's going to get old very quickly. How many people can he stalk in the way that he's stalking The Miz and make it seem fresh, right? He's going to have to be led by someone. He doesn't speak. He doesn't He doesn't speak for himself. He's going to have someone speak for him. He's being led. Someone is telling him to go out there and do this as a hired hitman. Which I'm okay with. I am definitely okay with that. JP5150 with a $10 super chat. With all this mystery surrounding the White Rabbit, I'm not sure it's just Bray anymore. I think he's bringing more in his return to WWE. What that is, I'm unsure, but at least intrigue is there. JP, I think you're right, bro. It's definitely more than just Bray Wyatt. Larry games a lot. Four-month VIP recommitment. He leaves me a Mustang emoji. That's what I like to see, brother. It's what I like to see. Who wants me to review Impact? I'm not ever reviewing Impact. Robert Grimsley with a $5 super chat. JD, I think you should get together Don Tony, BC, and Sala Monster to try and set up a four-way collaboration review for Survivor Series this year. Absolutely not. Robert Grimsley wants to take money out of all of our pockets. Not going to happen, brother. I'm going to do about 5000 on Survivor Series Sunday. Solid Monster will probably do, uh, he'll probably be right behind me. Right? With about $25,000, No. No way.
Robert Crowley, thank you for uh, telling me something I already know, bro. Benched. Robert Crowley thinks he's uh, a fucking smartass. Did the mic go out after 15.08? Cocksucker, huh? No, it didn't. We rectified the situation. We knew what the situation was immediately, and we fixed it. Jericho, 8131 with a $5 super chat. If Vince was still here, I guarantee you he'd troll us and these White Rabbit videos would end up being somebody like Charlotte Flair. Bro, Vince doesn't have a creative bone in his body anymore at 77 years old, bro. Get him out. Omega Kong with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Omega Kong. The White Rabbit story is amazing. Viral marketing at its finest. In fact, I'm taking notes to apply it to my own business. As far as who I think it is, it's got to be Bray. Got to be Bray. It is Bray, man. Don't worry about it. It's going to end up being Bray. It may be more than Bray. It may end up being more than just Bray Wyatt. Satan's little helper. Fight all super chat. I feel like this is Bray Wyatt all the way because I had a feeling, had a feel of a character like this since The Fiend. Haven't had a feeling like this of a character for something like this since The Fiend. It's Bray, man. Jack's out 23 with a $10 super chat. I know it's Bray, and I wanted heal Candice, but it's clear Triple H made her a babyface. Also, Bailey will win the title at Extreme Rules. I hope so. We need something to have damage control feel a little bit better than they do, man. Santos. Where's Santos? Uh, Santos is coming. With Legato. I don't know where they're going to fit in, but maybe they go to SmackDown. I think they I think they, they are needed on SmackDown. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. I think EO and Coda not being a part of the main roster for so long and how Vince didn't build up new talent is affecting their star power. Bailey is still over, but two-thirds of the group isn't known. Yeah, I don't know what it is, bro. Definitely has an effect on him. Rajan Hamid with a Canadian $14 Super Chat. JD, I was at the show tonight. It was damn good. Thank you for everything you've done for me through your podcast. You've become like family, and I hope to meet you one day. Rajan, thank you so much, bro. That means a lot to me, man. Yes, White Rabbit Records is also in uh, Corbin, Kentucky. There is a White Rabbit Records in Corbin, Kentucky. Yes. JM with a $5 super chat. Behind Bailey during her interview, a rabbit zooms behind her past the doorway. I missed that. 
I missed that part. I got to go back and watch that. Uh, Jaxel23 with a $10 super chat. Alexa contributes nothing to this feud, and she needs to turn heel because she is awful as a babyface. Alexa sucks. I, I would even think the Alexa Bliss fans would realize that Alexa sucks at this point. Ray J with a $10 super chat. Sean Ray J, $10 super chat. Also, this booking is why Sasha and Naomi left. Continue to use the tag team champions to put over other champions. Those titles need to go. Tag team champions shouldn't be in singles competition. No, they should not. CJ with a $20 super chat. I don't know if you know, JD, but the address for Corbin, Kentucky is a place called White Rabbit Records. And on their YouTube channel, they dropped a short clip with another zip code during Raw 04062, which is a city in Maine called Wyndham. I did not see that. They dropped a teaser on their own show. Or uh, a teaser on their YouTube channel. White Rabbit Records. That's pretty fucking incredible, man. That they got all these different things and all these different places and people willing to f- to continue stringing along these clues. That is that is crazy. I did not know that, bro. Thank you so much for the uh, heads up there. I'll add it to the notes. JD, did you hear Malachi Black going off on the dirt sheets on IG Live? Well, the fuck does he want people to do, man? People got to make a living like he does. He shouldn't be reporting bullshit, but I mean, the fuck he going off on the dirt sheets for? Well, what did the dirt sheets say? He wants to go back to WWE. Prove me you don't want to go back to WWE. Spencer Morgan with a $10 super chat. Hope Tony K doesn't buy Punk out. Punk seems like he had good intentions coming back. One of the biggest pops in wrestling history. Punk should have just made up with Cabana and played the smile. Bro, you can't tell Punk to do something like that, man. If you don't like somebody, you don't like somebody. Buddy, he, he's supposed... But buddy, what, is, what do you want him to say, man? Buddy, what do you want him to you, you want him to go out there and say, oh yeah, I'm coming back to WWE? Of course he's gonna tell you he's coming back to AEW. Of course. He wants you to think that. What is he supposed to say? He's still under contract to AEW. Malachi is still under contract with AEW. His non-compete is him contractually binded to AEW. What do you want him to say? If he comes back to AEW, I would be shocked. Shocked. Are they going to treat him any differently if he comes back? 
I feel like it wouldn't be genuine at that point because I felt like he left because of personal problems and creative and his wife. You don't think that weight heavy on his mind that he was given a big push or about to be given a big push on television and the only fucking reason why his wife resigned was because he was there and then they let him go. You don't think that weight heavy on their fucking minds? And caused strain? If Malachi is pushed big if he comes back to AEW, it's not going to feel genuine because he had to complain to get what he wanted because management didn't fucking do him right like they should have when he first got there. Visionary, I'm going to need you to calm down, bro. Buddy is not an idiot. Buddy's been at... Buddy's been at several meet and greets, bro. Don't. 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 Buddy's just relaying information back to me like he usually does, man. Don't. 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 Omega Kong, don't. Visionary, don't. Don't. I'll get rid of you. Spencer Morgan, uh, $10 super chat. Thank you so much, bro. See you Wednesday, Kong. Thank you, brother. CJ with a $5 super chat. I meant to say, uh, in my previous super chat, there's an address in Corbin, Kentucky. And the place is called White Rabbit Records. I apologize. Yes, yes, we are aware, brother. Thank you so much. Tyler, there will be an NXE review tomorrow. As of right now. I'll see how I feel tomorrow. I will let you know more tomorrow. But it is a tape show tomorrow. Kelly with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, Jay-Z and OTS. I'm back after my trip to Mexico. Ooh. And suffered a typhoon that hit Tokyo. Omas sucks. And cheers to all. I'm staying strong, fam. Kelly, thoughts and prayers to you and your home. And uh, all love and prayers from me and the OTS family to everybody that is in the surrounding uh, hurricane that is heading towards Tampa. All my Floridian friends, all my Floridian OTS VIPs, my thoughts and prayers and love with you guys, man. Hopefully you guys are safe and hopefully this thing isn't as bad as they say it is. The one called Sash with a three-month super chat, three-month uh, VIP recommitment. Uh, Malachi Black went live on his IG and said he's still with AEW, but he's just taking a break and we'll be back. And went off on the dirt sheets. Thank you, Sash. I had no idea. I had no idea, bro. King Mo Jackson with a 499. A friend and I desired to start a new podcast. So if you have any advice, suggestions, etc., I wouldn't mind hearing from you. OTS for Life, my favorite show. Uh, King Mo Jackson, you're going to need to sound good. Whatever your budget allots, 
You're gonna need a good microphone. I would rather have a good microphone and a okay camera than a complete shit camera and a shit microphone. Get yourself a good microphone. Get yourself, I mean, you, you could get a good 1080p camera for a, a decent price. Seriously. Get yourself some layouts and some artwork and just be yourself. That's it. For my real honest opinion, I, w I would tell you not to start a YouTube channel because it's very difficult nowadays. Joseph King with a nine-month VIP recommitment. Hey, JD, what do you think of these two matches? Seth Rollins and Jay White. And Kazuchika Okada and Roman Reigns. How would you book these matches? Uh, Joseph King, you're, you're asking me to, to choose fucking, you know, a slice of pepperoni pizza and a slice of regular cheese pizza from the same fucking great pizzeria. Like, you're asking me, you legitimately, you're asking me to choose between Knob Creek Old Fashioned and a bullet single barrel Old Fashioned. What, what the fuck do you want me to say? They're all great. I can't answer that question, bro. How would I book these matches? I wouldn't. Juan Carlos. 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I'm a big fan from Puerto Rico. If you if you have to book title matches for Mania, what would it be? Drinking an IPA, keep up the good work, OTS for life. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Gunther versus Sheamus for the IC title. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the Tag Team Championships. The U.S. title is a little fuzzy because I don't really, I don't really give a shit about the U.S. title. Sasha Banks versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Or the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship, one or the other. Ronda versus Becky for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha versus Bailey for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. True Crime Lover 2002 with a new membership. Thank you, man. What are you drinking tonight? Whoa, say, whoa, say, say, with a two month channel membership. Thank you, bro. I love damage control, especially Dakota. It's a shame that they're not really treated as the top priority that they are. Triple H needs to remedy this. Love you as always, Jade. Thank you, brother. Chris with a three-month membership. JD, what's up? Great reviews always. The cream rules looking solid. Can't wait for War Games at Survivor Series. Brought, bought tickets for that show. OTS for life. Thank you, Chris. Jaxo, 23. $5 Super Chat. I love no Android on my TV. Jimmy Fingers 19 with a 519 Super Chat. JD, what would an interaction between Charlotte and Omas sound like? 
Maybe he can be her new valet. When she gets back. If not, get him out. with a 499 super chat can see Sammy and Cody in the last the last two in the Royal Rumble which gets Sammy kicked out of the blood like listen man I'd love to see that too I think uh, Rollins and Cody would be better but I could see that furious with a $20 super chat what's up Jay the extreme rules is feeling extreme again and it's beautiful to see happy to see Candace back makes me wonder what they'll do with Smackdown and their women's division as far as star power fresh faces is concerned uh, I think uh, Sasha and Naomi are definitely coming back uh, and going over there. I think that's what's going on there. Plus, I think Legato's going over there, so they'll probably get Electra Lopez, which she's not really all that good anyway. Shotzi's coming on up. She's getting more TV time. Isaac Smith with a $5 super chat. I want Mandy Rose back on the main roster. What left does she have to prove? Her gimmick is solid. I don't know. I have no idea. Furious with a $10 super chat. What did you think of One Night Stand Extreme Rules 2008? I, I don't remember what happened at that show, bro. You're asking me about One Night Stand. My favorite's 2006. JM $2 Super Chat. Looks like Ramblin' Rabbit behind Bailey. I did not see. I have to go back and watch that. Pony Soze with a 999 Super Chat. Bro, type White Rabbit Records. 04062 leads to Wyndham. Yeah, we, we, we heard about that today. I had no idea that. Uh, yes, I knew there was a White Rabbit Records in Corbin, Kentucky, but I don't know. They're really going all out on this shit. Jeff Smith with a $5 Super Chat and a new membership. Thank you, Jeff Smith. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota is where Orton burned the, the Wyatt family compound in 2017. Raw is there next week. Rowan is also from Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is going to get very interesting, man. I know. I know. And the visionary. The Visionary. YK, it was coming. You know it was coming, my precious. My precious, my little hobbitses. <laughs> you guys are fucking ridiculous, man, really. You guys are fucking ridiculous, man. Be 
Victorious Nation with a $10 super chat. Thank you, brother. It's been almost five months that Charlotte's been off TV, and I don't miss her whatsoever. Get Omos off my TV. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Omos has got to go away, and uh, I, I don't miss Charlotte at all. I don't. The division is actually better without her. It really is. Guys, uh, I will be back with some extra tomorrow. We got uh, Buddy Matthews to talk about, Andrade to talk about. Apparently, they are wanting out of AEW, supposedly. I'll probably have news on Malachi tomorrow as well, so we'll talk about that. So you guys will see me then. You may see me for NXT tomorrow night. We will see. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We hit the minimum tonight. Thank you guys very much. Go check out all the other content on the channel. I would really, really love it if you guys can check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. And hit that subscribe button down below, man. Also, follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Captain Solo with a 2 super chat. What are my favorite arcade games? WrestleMania, the arcade game, and... X-Men versus, or Capcom versus Marvel, number one. And Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, man. Nothing beats that shit. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Let me, let me see those guitar emojis in the chat, those Mustang emojis in the chat, and I need that music on max. I'll see you more than likely tomorrow for NXT tomorrow night, guys. Thank you for a great night, and I will see you all tomorrow right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 